Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. Today, unfortunately, the ravishing Ron L. Tinsley is not with us, but you do have the head of the table. That's me, Chief Keith Fleming, and with me, Sam the Shooter Howe, two-thirds of the Team Turnbuckle Trio. Sam, what's going on? Just uh, enjoying uh, my Michigan Wolverines basketball team, uh, looking like they're doing pretty well. I'm not going to jinx them. It's almost 90 here today in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a nice day. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm good. The pollen in Georgia is, like, out of control. Uh, I mean, you can't breathe. You walk outside. It's just immediately in your eyes and in your nose and in your mouth and – uh, for people who do not live in the South, where there's a ton of pine trees, uh, I know you're probably going, what the hell is pollen? But it's yellow stuff that gets on your cars. Uh, Georgia right now is literally just covered in yellow. Uh, and for somebody like me who has allergies, it's the worst time of the year. Because, I mean, literally you walk outside and just immediately just messes with you. But other than that, I'm doing good. Um, before we start this uh, episode, I do want to just remind everyone of a couple of things. First, uh, please be sure to subscribe to the IB Sports Podcast Network. That's where you'll find the Team Turnbuckle Podcast. Um, we have the NBA Podcast. We have the Backdoor Cover, our gambling podcast, and get rolling again. Uh, RC has been doing some great stuff lately with actually did a podcast with Sam recently on the four hour Snyder cut. I definitely recommend people checking out and just a ton more stuff, uh, including me and Joe Matz, who did the weekly daily fantasy football podcast uh, during the fall. We are going to tackle the Falcon and Winter Soldier, may even try to get Sam to come on an episode or two with us, but uh, we're going to be doing an episode early this week that will cover the first two episodes, and then moving forward, we will do an episode with each new episode. Uh, it's been really good, um, and then the other thing I just want to real quickly touch on, I mean, I'm talking about real quickly, but I watched the Invincible cartoon, which is a, uh, it's, it's a comic book, correct? Yep, it's from the guy who did The Walking Dead. It's very good. Uh, yeah. like really good. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. I couldn't remember the last cartoon cliffhanger, uh, maybe Rick and Morty where I was like, damn, when's the next episode? So, uh, I do want to thank the people that brought that up first in the IB entertainment group because, uh, it's worth a look on Amazon prime for sure. Oh yeah. It's violent. That was what I had forgotten about was the, like, it's like the kill bill animated scene level violent. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's a scene at the, I believe it's the end of the first or second episode that you're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but I, I am very excited to see where it goes. I'm not going to find out. I haven't read the comics. Um, and then finally, the last thing before we get into this, I did get the big gold belt uh, they had to sell on, uh, I think it was Raw. I don't know. It was like a few days after my surgery. I was, you know, basically out of my mind on pain pills and stuff i don't really even totally remember ordering it that's your what? story to it <laughs> oh i'm glad i did she's so beautiful like when she got here i mean it's got the red like uh, snake leather inside of the belt i was telling sam the most uh, unusual thing to me is i have two belts i have the winged eagle and now the, the big gold belt the big gold belt is like a third uh, of weight 
that the winged eagle belt is, which was really unusual and kind of shocking. Uh, but I'm in love. Like I am. It's beautiful. It's behind me right now. Sam said something right when we got on here. But we're here to talk about wrestling because it is the Team Turnbuckle podcast. Uh, we're inching towards WrestleMania. And we're actually going to start off the top. I do want to thank Ron L for putting the notes together. Unfortunately, I had some stuff come up this morning. We we're going to do the podcast this morning. Ron L had to work. Um, we are going to still do a WrestleMania preview before the WrestleMania, which is now just like, what, eight days away, right? Uh, no, no, no. More than that. Um, two weeks. It's the 10th and the 11th. No, it is two weeks. I'm sorry. So, yeah, we will definitely do a WrestleMania preview. We're going to also be doing the Mega Powers Explode podcast. Still got to figure out what we're going to name these things. Uh, but we're going to basically look back at a wrestling storyline that made a difference in wrestling and really kind of changed the landscape. I think the Mega Powers Explode is a great place to start. I'm very excited about it. Sam's kind of taking the lead on it. It's probably going to be a few podcasts. I doubt we can get down in one uh, and we're looking forward to that, but we we're going to maybe try to have one out before WrestleMania and then the others out the week after WrestleMania, but we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll solidify that here soon, but the card is filling up. Uh, you, you had Rollins and Cesaro added Fiend versus Orton. I mean, that we kind of knew all of that was coming. Daniel Bryan is officially now, I know we already have, discussed on the last podcast Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Reigns but he is now officially in the match Edge is officially heel which is another kind of interesting thing but the the other two matches it looks like we might get a, a Riddle versus Sheamus match for the U.S. title which is kind of a shame because all Sheamus wants is the IC title uh and now it looks like they may have him you know fighting for the U.S. title and it's like I think he just needs the IC title to complete his uh, his grand slam. He's made that like evident in interviews. But the KO Sami Zayn, I was so excited about this. But have you heard now that we may be getting some Logan Paul involvement in it? Does that make you less excited for these two guys to have their mania moment? Uh, no. No, I mean, I, I think it's sort of what we were always, I, I didn't think that we were going to end up with just them. Like, I, I think that if Logan Paul is involved, like, I'll deal with it. Like, there are worse things, honestly. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I think that it, if, if Logan Paul is involved, it gets them into mania proper. And that's the best part. And that's the way I'm looking at it. Do you think, though, you know, that we were talking about matches that could still the show. This is one right here. These two guys, I mean, what organization or promotion have they not fought in? Uh, I think for them, this has got to be – Do what? If they've wrestled in together just because I was like – other than TNA, I can't think of one where they've had like a big time, you know, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, Ring of Honor, WWE – um, oh, okay, so they were in a lot of promotions together, but they did. I thought they feuded in a lot of promotions. That's what I'm saying, is that those are all the promotions that they feuded in. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's my yeah. point, is I'm saying for them, I mean, they, they've feuded in almost every promotion they've been in. I think this would be just, you know, the cherry on top of their careers because they've came up together, they've been friends, they're both Canadian, uh, and I'm happy for them that they're letting them do it. I think Sammy's been doing amazing work. KO has been one of the underrated guys on the roster for 
I've been saying it for about two years that he, you know, he had that universal title reign that I know didn't go quite the way people wanted it maybe. Uh, but I feel like since that ended, he's been just on another level. And I, I think this might be in somebody I'm sure will quote me if I'm wrong, but might be the first time that they feuded where Sammy is the heel and Kevin Owens is the face, which is a nice little wrinkle. I still want this to lead to Sammy and El Generico. I know it's probably not going to happen, but uh, I just, I think that would be amazing. But I um, think the problem with a white guy in a fair. Guy, I just, I think that character is kind fair. of um not you know i i think different time and all they that. don't want to give any more material for peacock to have to go through to take out <laughs> than they already are having to go through is that what you're yeah, saying exactly um moving on on off the top the only reason I'm, i do want to bring this up ron i had it down is really just the how ugly wrestling fans and the internet has gotten brandy Rhodes and, and cody have a new reality show it's called Rhodes on top it's gonna to be on tnt I don't know why anybody's shocked about this. They, they, you know, did a promo on Dynamite with the the success of, you know, the Miz and Miss. The fact that this is, I mean, the Bellas proved with the Total Divas show and the Total Bellas that there's ways to promote wrestling outside of just wrestling, and and that that was proven with those two. Like, the, if you look at the numbers on YouTube and on Raw, and it's not a coincidence that the women's numbers went up uh you know right after total divas and and total bellas and stuff premiered because they got other people watching it that probably wouldn't have otherwise um so i think it's great that they're doing it i just and i shouldn't be surprised at this point but it just it was really like sad to see just the comments and you know just you know comparing them to triple h and you know all this stuff and i'm just like i mean wrestling fans have gotten really sensitive extreme whatever you want to call it where it's just like it's almost you just expect a hot take by at least a you know significant portion of the fans of the iwc or whatever you want to say anytime something like this happens yeah and i mean it's kind of i don't get it like and i really don't get it about cody where people oh he's triple h and it's like cody is one of the most famous you know it's it's weird to me that moxley didn't get it and that Jericho didn't get it when they're the only, you know, they're the other wrestlers at his level. Well, I was going to say, not only that, Cody literally cannot win the world title. <laughs> They've made that a story, and yet he's Triple H burying people. I, I And I have not, again, as somebody who lived through, and spoiler alert, we're <laughs> that for the podcast that the Macho, the, the Mega Powers Explode storyline is kicking off. Um, as somebody who lived through the Golden Shovel era of Triple H, um i don't i i i don't know what people are talking about it's i mean it's preposterous to me to make that comparison does it bring into and i hate to do this i know rc is going to get a little mad at me for bringing up ray especially ron i'm not here but does it have something to do with brandy and the fact that he's married to a woman of color because it seems like again it's just a lot of coincidences, you know, like I didn't realize that, you know, we talked about this last week. Sasha will be 0-6 with a loss at Mania. Asuka would be 0-4. Uh, it's not good. Like it just, it's just, it's rough. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not, it's one of those where if it's not on purpose, it's not a great look. 
Um, I think that one reason, you know, the other question becomes, okay, so you want to do a reality show about a major, you know, somebody who, who's going to do, you know, a big time person, who are you going to do? Um, and who wants to do it? I mean, so you figure you want to do one about a couple. Jericho would literally be the only other person, right, that has the name to, to even get this opportunity, right? On a network like TNT that's on the AEW roster? I would say Moxley. Okay. Uh, but I'll I don't think Renee involved. But Renee, I don't, you know, she's pregnant. I don't think they'd want to do it. She may have a non-compete clause. Who knows? Still going. Uh, well, those aren't legal. Um, but the other thing is I could see, uh, but, but that, you know, so yeah, do you want to do a reality show based around Kenny Omega's a heel? You know, a lot of these people, do you want to do it? And then there's the issue, you know, with, with Jericho of that, like his wife was at the Capitol. Like, I just, I feel like there's a milkshake duck waiting to happen. Little issue, right? Yeah. Is that I just think that Cody Rhodes, whatever you think. And I think that actually that, that, uh, some of the blowback is just like people want something to complain about, but I, I don't, I think actually the interracial aspect of the relationship is part of the reason why it makes it interesting is, you know, and what it draws in, it draws you into different quadrants. Um, I, 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 it's hard for me to think I'm never going to discount that there are people who are upset because it's a mixed race couple, but I, I, there's this weird energy about Cody that I just don't get. And just one more thing and we'll move on from this. I've met both of them at the Super Bowl a few years back. Uh, they were there. That was right when AEW was kind of coming together. I, b- I believe they went kind of as a publicity stunt together because it was the Young Bucks. Uh, I believe Omega was with them. It was them. Uh, and Cody took a picture with me. Brandy took a picture with me. They were both extremely nice from everything I've ever heard about both of them. They're just great people. He gets his haircut. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, it's the same place where my wife does. She's met him. He's always been very kind to her. Uh, I mean, it just, it is amazing to me that, you know, these people that are basically trolls, uh, you know, start shit about people that from all intents and purposes are genuinely good people. And like what we talked about the Miz, their successes. And a lot of it's probably just hating, you know I mean? They're just, they're just jealous of, you know, the success and everything that they've done. The, the one thing that I would advise, uh, cause it's one of my least favorite journalistic, uh, crutches for lack of a better word, is the story that aggregates tweets. Like the response on Twitter is that I can get any like small, like there's an account with like 20 people following me. Who cares what they think? I mean, I'm not, you know, the, the, if they're like, if they're just out there clearly trolling with like 20 followers, they're doing it to get attention and why give them the attention? And we've discussed this before that we believe a lot of times the outlash or, you know, backlash on social media is a lot smaller number than it seems. It seems like a ton of people because it's on the internet, but in reality, uh, who knows how many people are actually upset, like, dislike. One other thing off the top I want to get to, and then we'll get into the superlatives of the week, and I'm glad that Ron L had this down. The women's division in AEW, which I gave a lot of grief. I know you have. I mean, we have. I mean, let's, let's be honest. that This trio has uh, really hammered AEW about the women's division because it's been bad for most of its iteration. They haven't given uh, the women enough time. Uh, they haven't really given them good storylines. They, they just doesn't look like there's been a commitment to making it a success. I think 
we're getting uh, very close to sort of a renaissance, I guess, if you will, of the AEW's women division. It's going to be led by Britt Baker. She gave an amazing promo this week. We'll get more into that a little bit later, I'm sure. Uh, The only thing I do want to say, though, and I just want to get this out of the way, because they are improving and they should be commended for it and all that. But don't forget, they still have not done enough to where we should sort of be letting them off the hook for creating this great women's division because a lot of the women that are competing and that are constantly on TV are not technically AEW wrestlers. There are other promotions that are letting them borrow them. Uh, And we still kind of only got one real interesting storyline going on. And I feel like they have enough talent right now where they could do multiple angles and they just don't seem to commit to that. But I definitely do want to say that you have to, you can't complain about it like we have or I have and then not give them credit when they start to make strides. I just, I don't want to get too far ahead of it where we're like, well, they fixed everything because they are on track and they do deserve to be commended for that. But it's not like that they are anywhere near what WWE has done in the last few years with its women's division. Uh, the two things I would say, are you watching Dark and whatever the third show is? No. I yeah, mean, no. I, I told you, I got too many, like, it's enough. I, I don't even get NXT every week, so, you know. It, it's, and, and so that's another thing where I'm, so they very well, I and I'm just saying this where, like, if somebody points out, it's like, hey, you guys, like, they're doing it on Dark, and I'm blanking on the name of the show that Paul White. Hey, uh, if a tree falls in the woods, right? I mean, that's that's what we get into there. But the, the but they're still doing it. I mean, if we weren't watching Dynamite, that's, you know, sort of my point where you can't complain because of, you know, if we're not watching. So entirely possible, just wanted to say that, is, is that we could also be right and they're not. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to say is that the WWE's women division was not built overnight. No. And with a much, I would say, deeper pool of talent they had on the main roster where they brought up, like they basically brought up everyone but Bailey in a period. And they had the same sort of, you know, it's, it's a process to build something. I think that I appreciate, you know, like you said, we have to give credit where it's due is that AEW is committed to taking the resources to build a strong women's division. And and I'm hoping that they continue to do that. Um, I have faith in them. They've done a really good job as promotion so far. Um, Show's been really good the last few weeks again, this overall. I'm sorry. As I said, their show's been really good again overall the last few weeks. Like They're really starting to hit their stride, I feel like, again. And I think that's a good thing, especially given that they're going to start having fans again. Um. You know, I think I read that, that WrestleMania wants to have as many as close to 50 grand in terms of their fans, um, which... That makes me nervous, personally. That's all Yeah, I mean, I, I'm... From what I've heard is that, like, we're already seeing a surge because people are basically acting like it's over. Yep. Um, oh, trust me, like, it, living in Georgia, we were talking about this the other day, that, I mean, you go into, like, the golf course there, they went in the clubhouse to get something to eat. And a month ago, I was proud to see everybody had a mask inside. I went in the other day and like 10 out of 12 people did not have a mask on. Now, granted, some of them probably are vaccinated and have, you know, got through. I don't, I don't want to say it that way. Some of them are older, but just overall, you can see it like, okay, we're moving on. And it's like, no, uh, we, we still got some work to do. Um, the, uh, let's get into the pros this week. 
for those that are just listening for the first time, thank you. But I think most of our listeners will know we do the Superlatives of the Week. Uh, we, we only are counting NXT, AW, SmackDown, Raw, uh, the, the weekly shows. If there's pay-per-views, those are included. And we get Superlatives. This week, we're going to do Wrestler on the Rise, Wrestler on the Slide, Face of the Week, Hill of the Week, Match of the Week, Promo of the Week, and Storyline You Need to Pay Attention to. Uh, let's start with the the wrestler on the rise. Um, actually, I'll let you go and go first. I, I was going to use this pick, but you took it, and I, he had a big week. Um, I went with Darby Allen, who I thought had a great main event match. Uh, I thought that he has grown by leaps and bounds. I think that you actually compared him. He does the real face and peril that Daniel Bryan does, where – you really buy, like, you get the sense that he's it, it, it sort of the old fashioned NWA babyface where you can see the work. And he's a guy who, Bret Hart did it a lot as well, where you thought, okay, this guy, he could lose any match and then he's busting his ass to win. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I'm, I like that at times uh, AEW doesn't have the world title as its main event not because it devalues the world title, but I think that it's, it's something that I think Raw should do from time to time where you, you really show the value of your mid-card title. Um, the, you know, I would say Raw more than SmackDown just because the Raw made event scene as much as I like, I think, but I think both, both shows benefit from it, where if you're going to have a banger like they had, uh, let it go out there. Like, if you what wanna... was the best uh, role that we've had over the last like seven, eight years? It was the John Cena U.S. Open Challenge. Like, honestly, that was probably the best stretch of role in the last like six, seven years. So, uh, yeah, Dar- I, I just think that having and, and especially now, you know, it's one thing when you had Brock as the champion, so you didn't have the champion there all the time. You know, why not have the? Uh, you know, why not have the? Uh, it's it's a chance to, to value the title more. And I just think that having the world champion in, uh, you know, it, I, I like that they do that. And Darby's killing it as Tia, you know, and it was a guy, you know, I know we were all real critical of him winning it. And I think we were all critical of the Sting thing. But he, again, as they've built their he's, show in the last couple of weeks, he's done a really good job with it. I'm just, he's my guy. I was wrong about him. I, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, I was honestly probably wrong about them putting the belt on him too, because uh, it frustrated me at the time. I didn't really understand the booking. I didn't get what they were doing, but he's been great. And the main thing I like about Darby and it's, it's difficult for a face is to make everybody look good, even when they're still winning. And he has an ability to, I mean, he made silver look like, a, I mean, a million bucks like that. I, I would have never thought that, that would be a potential future for John is to, you know, maybe be a, a mid card champ. He's almost like a comedy act and he made him believable to where I was like, well, I could see him one day, especially when he was throwing Darby. I mean, like literally halfway across the ring, you know, into the turnbuckles. And it was just a great match. Also just real quick. I want to touch on the fact that he did get injured in that match. Uh, John Silver did. Um, I think he's out about six weeks, so he was not just doing really good selling with his arm. It was legit injured, uh, and so kudos to him just to getting through it. The uh, Before I get to my wrestler on the rise, Ron L. had Seth Rollins. We talked about this last week, or I did, because we know I'm a Seth Rollins mark, but uh, I'm glad to have Seth back. And, uh, you know, he's got two big wins. I think they're building up to get Cesaro a big win at Mania, which is great. 
but more importantly, I'm just happy to have Rollins back. And I cannot wait uh, for the Reigns-Rollins battle because Reigns-Rollins has been only somewhat interesting when they feuded so far. These two versions of Reigns-Rollins will be very interesting, in my opinion, to see feud because they're both egomaniacs. You know, they both consider themselves the top dogs. And if it is true that, you know, Reigns is going to lose the belt, not be involved in the decision, this would be a way to actually move Reigns out of the title picture for a little bit. And I'd be okay with it as a Reigns-Rollins, you know, battle for a couple of months. But my guy on the rise, I mean, it's got to be Daniel Bryan. I mean, the guy has, like, is, is this, you know, 2013 all over again? What's going on here? Because he just... You know, like I, I keep telling people, don't do not sleep on the fact if they're talking about 50,000 people there, there being a chance that WrestleMania ends on Sunday night with Daniel Bryan saying yes with 50,000 people as he's beat Edge and Roman Reigns. He's never lost a triple threat match. Uh, there's just in WWE, did you know that? He's wow, never lost, he's never amazing. lost a triple threat. They said they're probably gonna bring that into the storyline. He's never lost a triple threat match in WWE, including beating Mark Henry in the big show. I'll never forget that when he first won the title, remember, or maybe it was right after he had won it and it was his first defense. But uh, and good for Daniel fun. Bryan. I mean, we were just talking what like a month ago, right? That this is sad that you know, on his way out, he's apparently gonna put everybody over. We're not gonna get to see one more big mania moment and whether he wins or loses, he's going to get to main event another mania, which is just for, you know, people like me and you that are Daniel Bryan fans is big. When you, and when you think about the guys who never main evented a WrestleMania, uh, Kevin Nash never main event. CM Punk. CM Punk never wrestled. Razor Ramon. Uh, I don't think Jake Roberts ever did. Um, did, did uh, well, Goldberg did it last year. He main evented night one. Uh, no, he didn't. Has Goldberg ever made a minute of WrestleMania? I don't think so. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of guys who are really high level talent who never made a minute of WrestleMania, and for Daniel Bryan to main event too, you know, it validates my opinion, especially you know, the way that he was right because in both cases he was adding in because they felt like the main event didn't have enough to kind of be a main event on its own, which to me, even speaks more to what he has become in the last decade, uh, you know, more than just an indie darling, as so many people said uh, in the beginning. The uh, the face of the week, we were just talking about it. Y'all both had Daniel Bryan. Is there anything else you want to say on that? Uh, just, I mean, it, he is probably, the guy just does great face work. I mean, he he's, he's also a great heel, but he's just so naturally likable. And I, you know, I just think he's great. I'm so, if he wins, I, I have set myself up. It's one of those where like, I keep saying like, I'm not going to be upset if he loses, but like, I'm going to be upset if he loses. I know me. I've seen me, I've seen me be upset that he's lost. I uh, actually think WWE is in a good position right now with that main event, because I could see, you know what I'm saying? In almost any direction they go, people are going to both be surprised, upset, happy, angry, and I think that that's when you have the most unpredictable, you know, matches, which are always the best. Like, I really don't know who's going to win. I, I thought I was pretty sure, you know, at first it was Reigns or, you know, when it first came out, they're making triple threat. Well, that seems like, well, this would be a way to put the belt on edge. But the more you think about it, it could go really to any three of them and make sense because you could have Brian win it and then edge, you know, really 
solidify his heel turn, say the next night, you know, after Brian's won the belt, when it's say at the next pay-per-view, there's, there's just all kinds of ways to go. Uh, the other person I just want to add for face of the week. I know technically she's, I don't even think she's a face yet, but just the promo that Britt Baker gave, uh, you know, to, to bring up Mick Foley and just talk about that, you know, she's going to blood, sweat, tears, give it all to this business. Uh, it just, it was, I mean, I think Sam said it best on the last podcast. She's in the middle of a star making run, like a legit star making run, which you don't see every year. And again, I know she's technically not a face, but I don't know any wrestling fan that didn't watch that promo and wasn't rooting for her. Um, no, I mean, that was, I mean, I think that was that, that, well, are we, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, we'll get into the promo of the week. So yeah, that we'll was, that was sort there. of why I was having it on. No, no, you're good. So, uh, let's go into a little bit of the negative stuff. The wrestler on the slide, uh, Ron L had a good point and, you know, Benjamin and Alexander, I think it's a little early. Uh, you know, I said that on the last podcast that I can still see the hurt business being, I could see this leading to Lashley splitting from them and MVP ending up back with these two guys, finding another person to kind of make the hurt business. So I don't want to yet say that they're in trouble, but he, he, I mean, it's definitely a concern. They've lost their tag titles. They're they're slowly getting pushed out of the group. uh, And, you know, they were pretty irrelevant before they were brought into the hurt business. So that is a concern, but both of us are, it's edge, right? Like I, I don't, and, and let me just say this real quick before we get into this. It's okay to say that the main event needed Daniel Bryan, but these people who, and I, I've seen, and these may just be reports, but Meltzer had a report saying that WWE higher-ups are worried that Edge is old. Yeah, he is. They knew that. But wait a minute here. This guy has just, in the time he's came back, wrestled, an hour-long match. He's wrestled the greatest match ever with, you know, Randy Orton with all that pressure. And no matter what people want to say, they tore the house down after everything that was put on them because that match was doomed to fail, and I felt like it didn't. He was in the Rumble for, what, 50, 55 minutes, you know, to win it? Uh, but, oh. No, go ahead. I, I just – I don't think – I mean, like, he's proven he's in great shape. I think he might be in the best shape of his career. So I would also point out that the Mania match was, I did not enjoy. I thought that it was way too long and plotting. Um, the, the which uh, one? The Mania match that he had with Orton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which I like might still be going on. <laughs> um, it was just too entirely. Uh, I thought that the greatest match of all time was fine. I mean, I, I think that it was really good match. Uh, you're right. Doomed to fail. Uh, but he got hurt in that match. Uh, I think that he well what's really shitty is it is that has been like confirmed that he was actually not hurt in the match he was hurt in a reshoot which the but he was injured um but you know he was and I think that he has a history of being injured I think it's weird that Edge is the guy who is like they see as old when you know, he is, you know, Bill Goldberg, who made Thank you. Uh That was my main point. Thank you. Like, we, we just spent Bill Goldberg, who is what, like seven, eight years older than Edge? How much older is Goldberg? 
Um, it's, it's considerable. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it is seven years. Yeah. And you know, the, the, I think edge is a year younger than the rock who they would desperately, I mean, granted edge is not a star in the level of the rock, but, uh, you know, and, and I think that he is within, uh, you know, he, he's, well, he's about five, five years older than Brock. So never mind. And I'm but surprised I, that people aren't more excited. And maybe it's just the fact that if you're not old enough, you know, unfortunately we are to remember how great edge was as a heel, because I'm so excited about him turning. I thought he was again, amazing on Friday, like amazing during that final segment. And just, I'm so excited about this heel edge and they tailored, I mean, he said, the rated R superstar was going to have to come back. Like when he got hurt, he did a promo. People forget that in the ring. Remember, I guess it was like in a, uh, one of the practice rings at the facility with the lights off and they just had the light in his face. And he said the rated R superstar was going to have to come back for him to climb the top of the mountain again in WWE. Cause he knew that like, I can't do it. You know, the, the fair way. I, I'm so excited for this heel turn. He was, he's one of the best heels ever. I think. I It's weird to me too, that like, the WWE kind of didn't see this coming, um, which is, I don't know who they could have put in. I mean, maybe they could have had Daniel Bryan do it one-on-one and people would have been excited, but you know, edge for me, it's, is a guy who's pushing 50. He's a guy who, you know, I was very sorry to see him retire, but his best days were 10 years ago. Um, you know, he's a guy who, who's, I think could still do good things, but I think it's almost like they saw the Batista thing, right. From a few years ago mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we're not going to bring them back immediately. Let them win the rumble and then go to mania, but we're going to let them, you know, come back. And I think the plan from the get go, I really do was for this to be his title shot this year. And again, it's just, you know, it just feels like that he's still a part-timer, no matter what you want to say. And it's been proven. One thing that has definitely been proven the last seven, eight years is wrestling fans have a problem when you have the guys that are there week in and week out. And then you have these people that are either wrestling a part-time schedule or either, you know, are literally just coming back for these short stints and they get, you know, the the biggest match at the biggest pay-per-view and even edge is not, you know, able to get away from that so i mean it, it kind of proves that that is definitely something that fans have made very apparent in the last few years here's one thing that i think will that i will be interested in seeing is the uh with the, the doing away of how if house shows are a thing of the past for wwe what that means in terms of guys coming back because no i i guarantee you that somebody like brock wouldn't want to come back and do 300 days on the road a year but if you're asking them for, you know, 60 days a year, uh, you know, 50, 52 shows plus pay-per-views, that calculus changes a lot of things. And so I wonder if that's something that you can get, you know, no, Brock may not want to, uh, you know, Brock may not want to come back and do that, but you can, you might be able to get The Rock to come back and do more than he, you know, Rock's not a great example, but there are a lot of, you know, I, I think we're also seeing the diminishing returns on guys who came back during the uh, sort of the, the, that the, the era that Edge was the biggest star in was not a huge era for people watching, you know, Edge's best days 
were not in the Attitude Era, though he was at WrestleMania 17 in that, you know, that amazing TLC match. That was really, though, his Hello World moment, you know? Like, that was kind of his beginning to becoming a main player in WWE. And to your point, he didn't really become, you know, the big thing or one of the big players in WWE into the SmackDown 6, which was never really about, you know, numbers. (laughs) It was more about improving the standard in the ring, you know, from episode of SmackDown to episode of SmackDown and pay-per-view to pay-per-view. And he wasn't really, I think he won his first title in 05, which was by that point, there were still a lot of people, I mean, I think there were more than 4 million people a week watching, but it it's, you know, it didn't have the sort of mainstream cultural cash. Real quick, because I got to keep this thing moving, but do you think Edge is Cena's greatest rival? Because I do, not Orton. Oh God! If we're, I mean, no, it's he's much better than Orton. But I'm saying, is there anybody else? Because even Punk, I don't feel like they they feuded enough for that to be his greatest rival. Because there was really only about a two year to where Edge and him went for almost. I mean, from the time that Edge won the title up until about a year before he had to retire, uh, him and Cena were constantly, you know, revolving and facing each other and you know swapping the belt back and forth. And I just thought they always had great chemistry together too. I would say that, and let me let me rephrase it differently. I think for the ruthless aggression era, that Cena was that Orton, you know, that sort of pre the pre reality era, that that era of those guys. That yeah, he was definitely much more so than Orton, in part because you. I mean, what would you rather watch? Right, he's just entertaining Hill. The um, Hill of the week. Ron L went with Apollo Crews. We've talked about it. He got a really big pin over Big E. I had to kind of laugh that – were you upset with that? Because I was. We talk about this all the time. I don't understand it. You want to talk about, you know, 50-50 booking. You you know, again, we, we love what they're doing with Apollo. We love the run that Big E's on. Why are these two guys fighting each other? Like, why are you putting them in kind of a no-win situation? You know, Big E got – a clean-ish win, right, at the pay-per-view. No, I thought Big E got a fuck finish, and in fact... Okay, well, I, then there you go. So you call it that, and then this was also, in a lot of ways, you know, I know technically, yes, Apollo got the pin, but he didn't beat Big E, you know, to, to get that pin. I actually... So this is where I'm going to disagree, and this is actually something that I liked, where if you're okay. going to have guys feud like this... Mm-hmm. Um, one of that's how Vader got his title shot. I, I know I'm going back a long way, but Vader got and it's a different, obviously, because that was they had not feuded before. But uh, in '96, so you would rather like I'm sorry not to cut you off, but like you would rather have Apollo or a guy get his win this way, where it doesn't take as much away from the performer, because like we've seen in a lot of cases where they would normally do this, where Apollo would just pin Biggie in a random one-on-one match, you know, on SmackDown. And then at the pay-per-view, you know, obviously Big E would win and, and it would be the 50-50 booking. But here, that happens all the time. Somebody's got to lose, in a, you know, in a six-man tag or a tag team match like this. But it still gives Apollo, you know, as a growing heel, the chance to be able to say, I pin Big E. And for Big E, it's like, well, it's not like, you know, I just lost to him. I lost to three other dudes with two guys on my team. And, yes, I was the one that took the pin. Exactly. It's... Uh, I think that it's a great way to have a guy take a pin without having him. You convinced like, me on It's that. not a title match. It's yeah, a tag. No, you know, like it's, it. it's one of the things that we talk about where if you want to go into kayfabe, 
and say, um, this is a fictional fighting league that it makes, you know, you are that, that a tag team, a six man tag team is a different kind of fight than a one-on-one fight. And that's the story that you want to tell. I'm fine with that. I, I like think- that. You convinced yeah. me that that's actually, that's really good. I like that. Uh, you had edge. We just talked about him. Is there anything you want to add about just how good of the hill work he's doing? I think that he's a good heel. I think that, in fact, what might make sense is to, if they want to do this, is have Edge as a tweener and then do him have him go full heel at the pay-per-view where he spears. But you don't know, you think he went full heel? At the, I mean, what, was that not full heel at the end of SmackDown? No, I mean, uh, I'm, I don't know, that's a good point. Touche. I know that we, and, and sorry, just so I'm not calling Sam out. We did these notes before, you know, like basically Friday night SmackDown having it just aired. But I mean, like if you didn't watch it, he, I mean, he just obliterated both guys basically he was taking advantage of both of them when they were distracted. I mean, it was just ultimate heel and ultimate opportunist, like what edges skit has been. And I was with you that I didn't know for sure if they were turning him heel, but I, I had the feeling after SmackDown that, okay, He's the heel. Well, it's actually the, Reigns, it seems to be more of the tweener going into this. Once you got the piped in booze, you knew. It was, right, exactly. And, and that's, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> WWE is literally paint by numbers telling you there. Uh, I do want to highlight because I, Kenny Omega, I owe you an apology. Uh, and again, I don't want anybody to think I have not doubted his in ring ability. He has been incredible in the ring in every match I've ever seen. Like, you can't watch a Kenny Omega match and not be impressed. Like, you just can't if you're a wrestling fan. That that would mean that you don't really understand wrestling. However, I didn't think he was really a star. I didn't think he was really had the personality or the ability to be, you know, what AEW needed, uh, especially after Jericho. You know, it's it's hard to top Jericho. It really is. Even at 50 years old, it's hard to have somebody that's better than Jericho. And then Moxley was, it was really over and then it got stagnant and then it went too long. And then I was worried that, you know, Omega was going to be another chance. It was kind of boring. Uh, It's been the opposite. It's been great. He's been amazing. uh, Whether it be his matches, uh, the in-ring stuff. I thought his promo with the, the Young Bucks after the match was both, everything that we want out of heels because it made sense and he had a point right yes he was being a dick but he had a point that it's like who's this guy like why are you fighting with this guy i chose you over other promotions and like you're not even gonna put me in a six man like i just loved it it was real and you could feel it one thing i do real quick want to nitpick though they have done such a good job getting his finisher over the one wing angel right Mm mm-hmm why would you let as beautiful as that, uh, you know, reversal that Seidel did? Like, that's been it, right? Like, once he gets you up, it's over. I don't that like then immediately hard. having a reversal from that, right? Right after you've made the point that that's like the be-all, end-all finisher. That's literally his feud with Rick Swan and Impact, too, is that and, – and I get it. I do. It's something that – and it's, it's – it, it was – I, I wonder if that's that I, 
because it was beautiful to watch. Don't get me wrong, it was amazing. Like I, I loved it, but it just when I started thinking it after, I'm going, well, y'all spent like literally the last month telling me it's over when this happens. Like once he gets you up, it's over. I mean, I would say that longer than a month. I mean, that has been the the build for him. For you know, he's been champion for almost four months now, five months. Which is and- something we do need to give AEW credit to, right? That Jericho, the Judas, I think one person now has kicked out of it, right? And, and that no one's kicked, and and you know we complain about finishers not meaning anything. AEW is making them, which I do think is important. And and let me tell you something. There's going to be a point where somebody, and I think we all believe it's going to be Hangman Page. Yep, is going to kick out of it. The one winged angel yep. and lose our shit. Yep. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I don't know what they were. My assumption is they were calling it in the ring, and it was just they weren't thinking. Okay. Um. I, as somebody who has again, I, I always say this: never taking a bump. It's hard for me to get too nitpicky with that, but I do see. I agree with you. But he just, it just didn't make a lot of sense with the story. But I mean, other than that, just everything about. And I got to even admit, and I'm sorry again that I forgot the dude's name. But the dudes with the sunglasses from because I don't watch TNA, so I'm not. I'm missing the Rick Swan stuff. His his guy that's the TNA guy that is there every week with him. Uh, uh, with you know, his, ma- his manager basically, Omegas. Oh, uh, Don Callis. Don Callis. Hated him at first. Was like, who is this douchebag? They're amazing together. They are amazing together. The fact that he ran away when things went bad on Wednesday on Dynamite. Like, I just, I just, like, just everything about it is just great. And I'm not totally sure uh, where they are going with this because it is weird that, like, you have your world champion and your tag team champions feuding on your show. So I don't know where this is headed. If it's not like a Matt Jackson, Omega, you know, pay-per-view main event, or I don't know, but I love it. It's really entertaining and it it makes sense. Like I I just, it it felt real. And, you know, again, I just think the best storylines, particularly for heels are the ones that they, they have a point and he did, and in, in this reality world we live in, it, it blurs the line of reality, which it did because we know that it is true that Omega was wanted by pretty much every company in the world. He chose AEW mostly because of the Young Bucks, because of Cody. And it just all that felt really real and it was great. Uh, so he definitely deserves some kudos too for the whole week. Let me say one thing is yeah, that go ahead. Yet, um, you know, we've complained about guys who are big stars in WWE or. I don't know. I was gonna say something mean, uh, but guys who are big stars in WWE coming in and getting a big push in in AEW, um, I think that Christian will be the guy who wrestles um, Omega eventually. But you know, we've talked about that. If uh, I think Daniel Bryan's contract ends in September, if in August he were to show up on AEW, and we were to get an Omega Daniel Bryan Danielson feud. Not only would I not complain, you guys, like, we would literally have to do this podcast. Like, Sam's in a joy gas. I would love it when, if we were getting ready for, uh, what's their big, Revolution's their big one, right? That they do every uh, year? No, no, it's uh, All well, In. All In, excuse me. If All In for 2022 is Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega in an Iron Man match, R.C. Carlton may not let us do a podcast for like weeks leading up to it. He might let us post something like right after it, but he's not going to want to hear you fawn and me for that matter over the greatness of the Iron Man match, the hour of Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan in a ring. Uh, 
the uh, speaking of great matches, let's go on to the match of the week. Uh, Ron Hill, who again, I hate that he it didn't work out today. It was you know my fault, but he had the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid versus Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. It was a good match. The bigger thing I want to talk about while we're here is just why have they not, you know, if you want to call it the trios tag titles, six man, whatever, like they need to do it because I think the promotion that first makes that an actual division, they're going to realize not only are we giving a reason to put a bunch of guys on TV that otherwise wouldn't get time. You can create, you know, we talk about it all the time. You can create great storylines, right. With pairing a tag team together and then having them split up and, you know, you create a singles feud out of that. Well, the six man, you got even more options. You know what I'm saying? You can put a tag team with an individual. You can build many stables. Like why have neither of them pulled the, the trigger on this? Cause they've been uh, successful throughout its history. And it's been I mean, so long since a major promotion had one. So my guess with WWE is, is that they can't, you know, that they've not been able to do a tag division. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, you have... Could you imagine? They'd have Big E's singles push would be over because the New Day would have to get back together so they could be the six-man tag champs and carry the six-man division for the next five years. Exactly. And <laughs> the reason why AEW hasn't done it is that I think that they don't have, you know, however many hours a week. Uh, you know, they have to be more economical. That that would be a title that would have to be pre- predominantly defended on Dark do they really have to though? Because like last, uh, and you know, I had something I complained about. Darby, it was his fourth title defense in 173 days, so it's not like that he's consistently on dynamite defending the title. Uh, you know, I, I just think that that's something where at least every three weeks you can pencil in a, an interesting match and a title match. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I also think that. Uh... I just think that there's a lot that you have to put together with that. That's all. I, I that's why I think the booking. You're right. No, and see, that's again where it's you know you don't have to remind me, but never worked in wrestling. I don't know you know what goes into booking a match and all that. And you're probably I, I I can assume that it is really difficult. Both me and Sam had Darby Allen versus John Silver for our match of the 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 week. Again, I just uh, that to me was a match that both, and this is what you love to see in wrestling it made me realize that Darby Allen is going to be a star. Like whether I want to admit it or not, this kid has it. He just does. He has it because John Silver, no offense. And this again, is not, I don't want to knock John Silver by saying this this way. Cause I, I do think John Silver could be a mid title champion. Like after seeing this, he's entertaining. He's a funny guy. He's a great follow on social media, but Darby Allen made John Silver an interesting main event and no offense. That says more about Darby Allen than it does anything. And I think that, that's not to me a criticism. I think that we talk about this all the time, or I talk about it all the time, where like how you, like you're showing me something and how you book. And what we have been told by AEW is that John Silver is not a huge deal. Not a knock on John Silver, not a knock right. on his talent. All I'm saying is that's a cut and dry example of how we've been told to view John Silver. Uh, and they had a great match. That to me was almost Bret Hart-ish. It was. Terms. That That's... I like where you're going. Was, keep going. Yeah. That was what Bret Hart was always great at. He could have a, you know, one, two, three kid. He had a match with on raw and just having these guys. Uh, it's actually one thing that I think Roman's done a good job of. And mm-hmm. I know that we've underpraised Roman on this show. He doesn't, he flies <laughs> under the radar, but like 
the selling on offense is something that I love. Like if you watched him in his match with Daniel Bryan, like he was selling his arm when he was on offense. Doesn't it remind you a little bit of Brock since he's came back? He reminds me of Brock where he is more physically intimidating. He dominates longer stretches of the matches, but he also sells, it seems like a lot more when the, the, you know, the, the good guy makes the comeback. I think what Brock does really well. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you're really that is a skill that that's easier for a heel because the heel is the guy who you that's what you need to be best at right. selling the, the faces comeback and i think that that's another thing that darby allen as a face is well that's what i was gonna say that's what's impressing darby is like what a seller like what a seller i mean he really did like when john silver was throwing him literally like across the ring and you know all over the place uh, you don't think that, oh, he's only doing this because Darby Allen is my size. Uh, you're just thinking, wow, John Silver's a, you know, a strong mofo. And uh, just like the little things that I love Darby doing the coffin drop onto all the Dark Order. Uh, the Sting involvement, again, I, I, it's my least favorite part of the whole Darby Allen angle right now. I don't know where they're going with this. I actually kind of hope it leads to Sting turning on him or something because otherwise – I don't know, maybe it's just an association thing, which that does make sense, especially with Darby kind of having some sting qualities. But uh, I almost think it's almost to the point now where Darby may be held back a little bit by, you know, constantly being with sting. Uh, and it just, you know, it's a, that's a big shadow that you got to kind of overcome. The promo of the week, um, we both – we go ahead and – Let's start with Britt Baker because that's yours. And I, it, that's probably the rightful answer, even though me and Rano had something different. Oh, yeah. I thought she spit hot fire. I thought that her, you know, and, and it was interesting where you said that she was a heel was that her face was that like, because I thought that the line, you know, Mick Foley, it took you 20 years to become a hardcore icon. I did it in one night. I thought it was a real heel line. Um, but I thought that at the same time, a bit of an element of truth to it, um, you know, is that she had in a week, you know, gotten over. I, I just thought that she, she's done. I, I think one reason why she was the one who was the top for the same reason Alexa Bliss was for a long time. So she's the best talker in the women's division, might be the best talker in the company. Um, depending on how you feel about Eddie Kingston and, and John. Uh, I think Jericho is still the best talker in the company, but you see my point and MJF, but yeah, she's right there. Uh, yeah. And I, I just thought it was a great, I thought it was a great promo. Are you coming around to what I've been saying now for about a month that I think they're holding off for crowds like that? That's why she has not won the title yet. And why, if you remember about a year ago, it looked like she was headed towards the title. She actually got one title shot. Uh, and then it seemed like they kind of pushed her down and kind of had her feuding with different people. And I am really convinced that they're just kind of waiting until we get back into crowds sort of to, to push her into the stratosphere, maybe even turn her face. Uh, yeah, I think that she'll I, – I could see her winning the title at the first show that they have with people. Uh, if they really want to hold it, I could see them having people for um, for All Out – or All In. I'm sorry, I think it was All In um, this year. And that they could pull the trigger there. Maybe they want to mix it up and call it All Out. Who knows? Uh, the other person that both me and Ron L thinks deserves a mention again was just Kenny Omega for that. Giving the Bucks the ultimatum – telling them, you know, this is it. Like, you're going to have to make a choice. They apparently did. Uh, again, I'm I'm a little confused where this is going because if you want to say it's Omega and the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks in 
Hangman? Is that where Hangman comes back in? Because Hangman doesn't have a good relationship with the Young Bucks. Uh, Christian. Do what, buddy? Oh, you think it should be Christian. That would make sense. Uh, I just, I'm going to tell you, I would love to see, uh, you know, a single match between Matt and, and Kenny, because I mean, I think Matt is one of the more underrated wrestlers in the world who just happens to be part of a tag team. Uh, and that's why he doesn't get more attention. But I mean, if you watch their matches, once I was able to tell them apart, uh, Matt is like legit one of the greatest hot tags in wrestling right now. I mean, he gets in there and will just go ape shit. Uh, so I would be really excited to see that. The storyline we need to pay attention to, uh, Ron L. Actually, let's talk about Ron L's first. I like this. Champa versus Walter. I told you that, you know, again, I don't have time to watch NXT UK. I don't know a lot about Walter. I've seen very few matches. A lot of people think if you're putting a list of people that have been affected by the coronavirus, he would probably be number one because I think he would have really been pushing last year, right? Oh, yeah. Vince would have. He's big and he's German and he's evil. And yeah, the, they, I mean, I have a feeling that he, I, I think that a match between Walter and Karrion Cross would have been, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the ultimate meet. Hall's fault. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this is having this. Could he have even maybe taken Cross the spot where it was him to dethrone Lee if everything wouldn't have gone amok and not Cross? Good question. It's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I like it when I give a good question. Uh, you're a smart guy, man. Champa uh, is, is just the, the land of the slaughter too, right? Yeah, I think that this is they're bringing him back so that they can start building Walter up, which not the worst thing in the world. I no, think I mean Champa is Mr. NXT, right? Like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a win that proves you belong in NXT, it's Champa, right? I think if you want to show that uh, somebody is a big badass, big deal you have them murk Chompa the way that Walter is going to murk Or Chompa. I think you could do it the other way where Chompa literally throws the freaking kitchen sink at him and he's just a Terminator, you know, where he just keeps coming and keeps coming and eventually puts Chompa down would also be a great mm-hmm. you know, story to tell as well because we all know Chompa will go to the ends of the earth to, you know, hurt or put somebody down. The uh, I want to talk about the Cole versus O'Reilly. I don't think it's getting enough attention. This is the end of an era. And, and people need to realize that. And, and again, I know RC and other people sometimes, and I do get carried away with the comparisons, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Undertaker, Triple H, Hell in a Cell, end of an era match, because these are two guys that have been in NXT for all this time as part of the Undisputed Era. That I mean, whether you like it or not, for the last, what, five years, four years, how long have they been together? And they've been the part of the show. I was worried you were going to ask you that because I was like, I, was I think it's been four or five years. They've been basically the focal point, you know, or one of the focal points of the show. I know they've been in the last four, uh, what you call it, uh, war games. So that's at least the last four years. It'll uh, be four, yeah, they were together from August of 2017 to March of 2021. So, so yeah, so you're talking about, you know, four years of them being one of the biggest storylines, if not the biggest storyline. They're two biggest stars in the group having this, you know, viewed to kind of officially end the Undisputed Era, I'm so excited about it. Like, I really am. And I'm very curious to see, do you really let O'Reilly go over? Because to me, Cole has to win. Here's what's funny. Uh, This is going to be a deep, deep cut. They debuted in Ring of Honor together as Future Shock. Wow. 
Colin O'Reilly, where that was their debut. They were Future Shock. Um, I actually think I saw them at a tag team at a Ring of Honor show in Richmond, uh, where they wrestled together. Um, long again, ten years ago. Um, I'm old. Uh- <laughs> You're old. I just found pictures today of a house show I was at thirty years ago, and I don't even remember being there. Where Hogan fought Flair. So. You're old. I'm older. My my uh, my. Uh, the, it's funny that when you make that comparison, because I hate that match, that end of an ear match. Um, it is absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I think it's got the best fake two count or you know close call in maybe the history of wrestling because the, the sweet chin shot. music into the pedigree was like oh my god they're ending the streak and the kick out sean's reaction proves what i've always told people sean is more than just a great wrestler he's a great actor because i mean sean in that corner you know with his head down just like what did i do like what does it take to kill him? there's so many ways you could take what he's thinking i love that match i understand people who didn't because it's very slow it's very methodical but i think it's worth it just for that 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 one moment right there where you're like oh my god the streak's over I'll talk to you more about this after the show, but in terms of the Cole O'Reilly match, I kind of think it depends on what you want to do going forward. If you want to say that O'Reilly is a main event level player, he needs to win. Uh, if you Can want to Cole say, survive that though, like his, yeah. Okay. I think that Cole, you know, I think it depends if they're going to send Cole up to the to the main roster. You know, with the, we're forgetting that. Oh, you're right because they've split them. You're right; they don't have to. I've always thought, you know, they're all going to go up together. You're right that that no longer is the case. I mean, he could lose, and Cole could literally be on SmackDown or Raw the next week. And I think that so I, I think we we're going to see a you know the superstar shakeup. That was why when you, we were talking about the Hurt business to go way back, um, I actually wondered if they might put them. Because God knows they're not going to put a white person with them. If they would put them on SmackDown with uh, the Owen role, remember when yeah. Owen was in the yeah. Nation of Domination, which was honestly awesome. But but if they were to put them with uh, Apollo on SmackDown, uh, you know, so I don't know what's going to happen going forward. Uh, if Cole's going up, then yeah, he has to lose. I think that uh, it'll be it'll just be interesting to see where they go. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the two night. Uh, the two night and who is Finn fighting? Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross. Okay, so that is that is okay. It, it's weird they haven't really done, in my opinion, a great job of building that up. Uh, and again, a lot of times I kind of fast forward through. Like I'm not gonna lie, NXT is one of the ones I tape. I don't normally watch live, but uh, you know they've had Cross have all these. Don't watch NXT. You sicken me. Do what, buddy? I said you you watch you don't watch NXT but you watch Raw live you sicken me. I'm I'm a glutton for punishment. What, what can I say? Uh, that and I love the thing. They uh and and trust me live ish. Uh, it's it's <laughs> not. Oh trust me, I cannot watch three hours all the way through. In fact, SmackDown and Dynamite are the only two shows that consistently I feel like I could actually watch from start to finish, even with the commercials, uh, and you know stay invested. The last storyline that you need to pay attention to that you had brought up that I'm again glad we're kind of ending the show. We kind of start talking about this is KO versus Sammy. That, yeah, I mean, it is that these are guys, you know, like we said, we touched on it. I'm very excited to see, you know, two guys who, as you said, came up from Montreal. They have all of this history together. Um, the, you know, I, if I'm going to do the kayfabe thing, uh, you know, the uh, Sammy Zayn taking the place of El Generico 
who went to run that orphanage in Mexico. Um, they are, you know, they, they are a lot like pizza in the sense that even if you have, you know, I, the worst that I've seen between them is still pretty damn good. Is there any chance this leads to KO joining Sammy in the conspiracy theorist bubble, which I would love? You know, it, it, the only way is if Jake Paul does something like, that's why I actually think that, like when you were like, so you know, dissatisfied right. with Jake Paul, it's like, that could lead to something where like Jake Paul screws KO out of it. And he's like, you, you were right. I realized. Right. Um, the one thing I worry about is, is that KO is a guy who got over hugely in uh, Ring of Honor as sort of the, the Austin type anti-establishment babyface. And I could see, you know, I, I just think that he is, they, they, funny doesn't equal money for Vince. And I worry that I they, actually don't think they're funny. Like, I, I think it's a chance for them to have a great storyline, build up two guys. They can make them tag team champions, which would be a great use of them. I'm sure they would love to be tag champions together. And I mean, with the, with the, the problem that is conspiracies, like if you don't believe me, literally on HBO tonight, they'll have two more parts of the QAnon documentary that there's been two parts uh, last week, this week and next Sunday. It's fascinating, but I mean, there's like 20% of the population now that pretty much believes in like full-blown conspiracies. And I think that they're, they're running that line pretty well with Sammy, where it's both, you know, what's the old school traditional conspiracy of it's outrageous, but it's also like, well, he's got a little bit of a point, you know? Well, I mean, and, and there's sort of the thing of like, that there's an, again, element of truth to that with uh, Sammy Zane, where it's like the meta. Right meta thing of him being like kind of not used to his potential i just think Uh, they could you know and there's two guys you know what i'm saying like if any two guys could make it work and i just think it could be those two ko's so great uh and again it's just me selfishly wanting them to win the tag titles together but uh real quickly before we get out of here who won the week oh dynamite no question smackdown was really good I just, I thought Dynamite, I mean, okay. I, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm, I just, when you said no question, I'm just going, I, I thought SmackDown was really good because it had a great opening promo segment. It had a good, uh, a, a, like fantastic closing promo segment. The six man tag match was really good. Uh, you know, like again, SmackDown is like, we talked about this, I think on the podcast, maybe it's just been more on phone and text, but you know, SmackDown doesn't get the credit. Like everybody always talks about how great Dynamite is week after week. I mean, SmackDown, since the first, like, six months that it was on Fox has been really good, really starting with Bayley, uh, you know, winning the title. Uh, it's, it's been really good. The, no, I agree. I think that SmackDown, and I think that some of this is that it gets into the, you know, we talk about that I think that there's a lot of Dave Meltzer, you know, this is not necessarily a criticism of Meltzer, but that a lot of the people on, in the internet wrestling fandom follow what he says, and so he has been much it's less cool to write. Uh, it's cool to, it's kind of like it was cool to boo John Cena, even when it had reached a point where it's like, is it really cool to boo, you know, boo John Cena? I mean, this yeah. guy's here every day. You know what I'm saying? He's been on the road for 12 straight years. He's putting over all these young guys. And you want to chant, John Cena sucks every time he comes down. And I was one of those guys. But I mean, like eventually that light bulb came on where it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're, you're kind of being tricked by the narrative. 
it, it was very funny by the time, like, because remember when he wrestled, I think, Roman in, like, 2017 or 2018. Oh, and he just smoked him in those promos, remember? Like, just absolutely, yeah. like, I was like, oh, Roman's in trouble. <laughs> and, and pretty much everyone was like, well, we want, like, it was funny after all those years of John Cena sucks. Yeah. It was, everyone was so solidly behind him. It was just yeah. a very funny, it's funny how time works out for you. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to pull up? Uh, the IB sports group that we, you know, the, the usual plugs that we always do. Um, I don't think that there's a better $5 that I spend a month. Um, yeah. And just uh, while he's on that, you know, the IB sports group, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group, which again, it has, I think about 5,000 members right now. Uh, please like go Google IB sports. Uh, if you're not in the group, send an invite. We will let you in. Uh, and welcome to the Thunderdome. But it's a great week because we do March Madness during March Madness, where our top 64 posters, basically the people that comment and, you know, post posts on the page and stuff, we do a bracket and it's literally just like March Madness. Both Sam and Ron L are still alive and kicking going into the Sweet 16 team turnbuckle, but they have got some tough matchups this week. Uh, things get great. Rehan Khan has been just amazing uh the, the joe matt's post the other day was just one of the best things it's really entertaining you should check it out uh and then again the main thing is just the ib sports podcast network uh you can follow us or subscribe to us on anchor spotify itunes we'd really appreciate if you do that we'd also appreciate if you'd rate and review and then obviously share uh you know the podcast because but, it helps us i i do want to since he's not here but i still want to help him out uh official ronald tinsley on uh facebook and instagram harvestcreditors.com uh if you need to get your credit report in order check out our boy uh he does good work he's a good guy you want to um, give like a, a better percentage or deal than he normally does and i am absolutely <laughs> that, that does constitute like i i just if i was listening to that no, I no, no i know i i, I, I was but, kidding uh, <laughs> i mentioned team turnbuckle and you will get a discount he will let you know how much right. um I, I think it's up to a hundred dollars, but I can't remember, but that we'll let Rano handle that. That's what we're yeah, not saying. That, that is, we're, don't quote us on that, but yes, check out harvestcreditors.com and help Rano out. And then just one more thing real quickly, the mega powers kind of explain, cause you've sort of taken over it, how we're going to kind of do that. Uh, cause we'll be starting to record those these week, this week. These are going to be a deeper dive podcast. Uh, they're going to be looking, uh, the mega powers explode is the first, but we're going to be doing among others, the uh, Triple H, there's going to be a two-parter with Triple H with his amazing run from uh, the Rumble 2000 to when he uh, tears his quad and then the reign of terror that he had with the golden shovel. Uh, we're, and so we're going to be looking at uh, deep dives on the players. Uh, so for the Mega Powers Explode, we're going to, have to do a background on Savage Hogan, the state of the WWF at the time. Uh, sort of how they became hopefully my girl miss elizabeth yep gonna talk about miss elizabeth uh there's and, and we're just gonna look back and similar to what we do with what we're doing now discuss somewhat how we felt about it at the time but also take a look at things like the mistake of having savage wrestle i think like four or five matches on wrestlemania four where his, his response becomes diminished as each one goes on, whereas Hogan is clearly, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. 
but it also kind of how is Hogan not a heel during this? Uh, I mean, obviously we know how because the guy was like fucking licensed to print money, uh, but his actions, especially with Miss Elizabeth, like I mean, especially in the eighties, like big no nos, like for your best friend to be, you know, picking up your girl, leaving with her, you know, hanging out without you, uh, all things that even in today's world. Uh, you know, I love Sam, but if I found out he's been hanging out with Bethany, uh, you know, taking her places, uh, yeah. it probably wouldn't end too well. So, yeah. And like, and there's all sorts of weird stuff. Um, so yeah, there, it's going to be a deeper dive, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm, I'm, I promise you, we will have a name. We've got to do that. We're going to come up with one, uh, cause it's going to be team turnbuckle something, but we, we do want to establish that they're different. Uh, the other one Sam's didn't mention that we've kind of decided we're going to do is Daniel Bryan's run to WrestleMania 30. We're probably going to do from CM Punk's pipe bomb all the way, basically to when he leaves, I think would be an interesting one. Uh, Cause you know, that's like a, basically kind of a three year period where uh, you want to talk about a lot of stuff changed for a dude. Uh, it, it just, but th- there's, there's several, the triple H one is kind of a passion project for Sam. Uh, the, I mean, <laughs> all three of those are passion projects just because it allows me to talk about as much the sort of great, you know, the background of CM Punk and the background of Daniel Bryan Danielson, who uh, pretty, pretty amazing rise. Like, you know, this is a guy who got the small package over at one point in Ring of Honor as a finisher. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to be doing these. I'm and excited. if you're wondering why we're starting with the Mega Powers, just to let you know, I, I think we both agree and Ronald does as well, that it's the without a doubt the best at that time long-term storytelling ever i still argue that you could make a very good case it's still the best long-term booking like story angle ever uh and the biggest thing to me is you know talking about you want to put a spotlight on daniel bryan and macho man died you know several years ago and because of his non-relation with wwe he's i don't want to say forgotten about but just not mentioned when I think Macho is a top five wrestler all time, I still believe that. I think so much of modern day wrestling comes from Macho, both in the ring, the character presentation, the outfits, like everything. Macho was one of the first guys to change, you know, the color of his scheme of his outfit a, a thousand different times. I mean, there's just so many things about him that I just, I, I'm really excited to get into, you know, talk about him at, at length. So uh, that's kind of why we're doing the Mega Powers first. And also it's our podcast, so we can pick whatever we want, but uh again we will be getting that up soon and uh please be sure to look uh next week we'll have the falcon winter soldier podcast uh we're gonna be we're gonna be posting a lot of stuff this week team turnbuckle uh we'll get back together the backdoor cover will be back i'm sure rc will have something out this week uh but for the head of the table chief keith fleming Unfortunately, not with us, ravishing Ron L. Tinsley, but he will be back. And my man, Sam the Shooter Howe. This has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. And we will see you guys soon. See you.